0: listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversations about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game.
1: Good. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. Good. Okay, let's see. We're waiting for a couple more guests. I'm just waiting for them to show. (laughs) How about this? Nick, while I'm troubleshooting, you can go Mm -hmm. ahead and... um, and start with some questions for Josh and then we'll do another intro a little bit later with everybody. Yeah,
2: that'd be good. That way once they get on, we can like focus on, on them.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Well, well why don't we just dive into um, almost really a basic one right off the bat, which is what drew you to founding Plum Dragon Herbs? What what made you want to create the jowls and, and really just all of that? What made you want to create all of this?
2: So. There were there were like two catalysts for that. I think the first one was that I was doing engineering. I had finished my time in the military. I graduated college, and I was working for a, a government engineering company. I was working on the Patriot missile and, and a bunch of other stuff, and I couldn't stand it. I, I hated it, and um, so I was trying to get out of it. And that was the first piece: is that I had like this motivation to do anything else, mm-hmm. and then. The other piece was, is so at the time I was training, I was kind of smattering myself out a bit. I'd done a bunch of, of, you know, different arts over the years in college and high school. And I was, I was training, uh, gocho, uh, which is five Uh fingers fist. And I was training, I was dabbling in some wing chun with a friend. I was training at uh, a straight blast gym doing MMA stuff. Um, and I was doing, uh, Jake, I was doing some JKD stuff. And, um, We were out in this parking lot. It would be like Tuesdays and Thursday nights and it would be like wintertime and we would be freezing Mm -hmm. our asses off. And we were out there like sparring and doing this, all this, these conditioning exercise, like limb knocking and stuff. And we were all getting like, kind of like bruised up and, you know, hurting ourselves. Right,
1: You were starting to really feel it.
2: Yeah. And so I, I said, well, hey, I, I know I learned how to make this stuff. Um, I'll start making it. And some of the guys like, um, at the time I was like, at the, in fact, the very, very first batch was actually a kit. It was like a, it was, um, uh, like an eight immortals, uh, kit. And it's got like the the camphor and stuff in it. Oh Wow. Um, and I put that together and I was like, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't working very well. And so then I threw together a couple of formulas that I had and I just would bring it with me. Like I was just excited to have it. And the guys in the parking lot were like, this stuff works really well. And so they're like, can we buy some? And so then I started, I made like a couple of the half gallons with uh-huh. the very, very, very first Plum Dragon half gallon jars with wow. a couple of the guys out at this parking lot. And I just was like, well they bought it, maybe like some other people will buy it. And so like I bought some herbs and I uh the very very first batch of herbs was from a western herb store. And um they, you know, I shoved them in the closet and I made some stuff and I like put up this like really really rudimentary web page which if you go to the Wayback Machine you can oh. look at it, like I've seen it on there and it's so it's just so silly, but it it worked, you know. And it's like kind of having like a a esoteric webpage for an esoteric, you know, set of martial arts kind of worked well, I guess. So that was that. That was how it started. And then it just got bigger.
1: And, and, and I think what, just even personally, is so cool about Plum Dragon is that it wasn't started as a business, it wasn't started as a reason to make money. Right. It was started just as great entrepreneurial tales are as a necessity, as I want to make this for myself and for my peers. And then it snowballed out of that. So what sort of, and we've talked about this in the past, but what sort of like passion did you really develop for D.Jow and really producing what you ended up creating? Yeah. Hey. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We'll, we'll hop on that There we go. How are you guys
3: okay. doing? Good
4: to see us. Yeah, we just got back from happy hour. Hey <laughs> guys, do it. Good. How you doing guys excellent. Pretty good, pretty good. Just trying to do with a stupid computer over here. Finally got up. See what happens last time you
5: sent it to us on an email and we copy linked that email to this one. This one you uh sent it to the phone where we had to type it all in, and then we went to the old one, and then this one threw us
2: off, and so we had to do it again.
0: That's okay. why Okay. So guys. Janelle oh, exactly,
2: like, hey, John. ran off in her cape and she's like, I'm gonna go save this. And then all of a sudden she hopped <laughs> back on and you guys were there. <laughs> hey, look at that. Did you I don't I don't know? know if you this.
0: Nice.
2: I do not know if this was yours. Yeah, yeah, that's I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good book.
4: I read it. A buddy yeah. of mine it had he left it, and I just started reading it, and then I just looked at the uh I looked at the author and I said, Holy crap. Then I looked at your uh your list of books, and there it was.
6: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, glad, glad you like it. Enjoy. All
4: right, well, before we get started, I got a couple guys who popped on in. would like to introduce them if you don't mind. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and we Ooh. haven't done any kind of introduction, so you're great. Okay, maybe, cool. maybe I could just quickly just let everybody know who we've got, or, or are your people about to leave? Go ahead, Alex. Hang Alex. Out. Let's do
4: the podcast and check it out. Um, come on in, uh, introduce yourself, Joe Bond, and who you are.
0: I'm Hello.
7: A, I'm a Felix student.
0: Okay, great. Nice to meet you.
7: Nice to meet you.
0: Is he taking um, good care of you guys?
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? So my name is Pablo Corral. I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, Felix Jr.'s uh, father's student. I started with his dad back in 2000, and then I merged in with Felix, and we just sort of like just became the family, just kept it in family. Nice. So... Uh, wow. With his dad since 2000, just so I'm the I was a senior student with his dad, and uh, I just love you know hanging around just because we you know it's all in the family, and uh, I'm not related, but you know it just seemed like you know this is uh here you, know, here you are yeah, well it's one of the instructors too yeah, right yeah. Now. And so I'm actually live I live in Oakland well actually I actually just relocated to Illinois so I'm I'm gonna start teaching out there soon but uh I, my house in Oakland is actually five minutes away from uh, Jimmy Lee's old house on Monticello Avenue wow so I actually. At Jimmy's house all the time. Wow. Uh, so have, there's a good history around there. But uh, yeah, I've been doing this forever and uh, I'm just trying to get started again.
3: <laughs> all right. Well,
6: you? Having all here. right. Yeah.
0: Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. No
6: nice you.
4: Thank you. All right. What do we got today? What are we be talking about? We're going to be talking about more martial art, JKD, the internal stuff. Uh,
1: everything. Well, well, I'll tell you, people loved you guys. So we said, Heck yeah, you guys can come back. We have a lot more questions for all of you to answer. So once again, thank you all for being here.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. Thank you
4: for having us again. Uh, by you, the way.
3: Uh,
0: and, and maybe just to let our guests you? know, maybe just to let our guests know who we've got, um, we have Sifu Felix with us. If you could just Hello. raise your hand and wave for a minute. <laughs> Sifu Felix, um, Macias, And he is a second generation instructor of Jeet Kune Do in its original form. His father is Felix Macias Sr. And he trained under the great Kung Fu Sifu James Jim Lee, or Yim Lee, sorry, I didn't say that right. And he was the man that introduced Bruce Lee to iron palm training. And then we've got Alex with us, Master Alex Wittar, there you go. we can't. Yeah, there we go. Okay, he's a freestyle artist and a ten times master, of martial art hall of famer. We're really excited to have him here with us today. He also won um, a gold medal in taekwondo in the 1996 Pan American Games. We're really happy to have you here. And then we've got Josh Walker. He is the original founder of Plum Dragon Herbs. And he currently um, leads the U.S. chapter for the Tabamina-Balintuot group, which is a compa- combative style of martial arts that originated in the Philippines. I'm Janelle Leatherwood. We've got Nick Patterson with us. We're both with Plum Dragon Herbs.
1: So, All right. our, our so our without
0: further ado. <laughs> sorry really?
1: that. When there's five people, it, it gets pretty fun. But so yeah. sorry. Our first question is for Felix, and it is, we understand that the martial artist and self-defense knowledge your father received from Bruce Lee and James Lee was the way of intercepting fists. Can you explain what the way of intercepting fists is?
4: Yeah, well, the the way the intercepting fist totally means, uh, you know, the intercepting fist is to intercept all incoming. It's to be first, be second, or be last. You know, all within. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. if you're first, you touch, then he doesn't accomplish anything. But if you mix it up and you got to change hands or whatever it is, then you'll understand what the middle part is. The last part is, if he comes, you move, you strike. You see what I'm talking about? It's like, it's it's just all one word. We use the word motion, which means all of the above, you know, to combat whatever's going to be in front of you. Intercepting mm-hmm. means to go with him and, and not wait your turn. You know you know I'm talking about? We're not doing like Modern karate from the United States, you know, taking your time and, and trading. The whole object of this thing was not to trade. It was to go. You know, that's how they did it in Oakland. You know, I'm not sure that clarifies your question. But this, so essentially, it's
1: it's going on the offensive while at the same time being defensive. It's, it's not waiting for a reaction. It's reacting as your reaction's happening. Does that make sense? Is that sort of what it's about?
4: Yeah, it does. Uh, if you let the guy grab you, punch you, and you watch him do it, and you're on the floor, you ask for it. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta handle everything. You know, the hands are the hands. Once the hands come up, it's 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 it. It's on. It's protection time. You know what I mean? We don't want to wait like, for it.
2: enter enter your area.
4: Go ahead,
2: go ahead. So, that question, like a little like maybe trying to add like a little piece to the question like when when you guys talk about intercepting fists like can can you talk a little bit more about like the idea of simultaneous counter and attack as opposed to count you know defend and then counter type of type of scenario. Well, it depends on the guy's skill level. If he's
4: just an ordinary fighter, you don't got to pull much out of your pocket. The deeper the fighter, the more you got to pull out. You know, you can raise your hand, pull up, boom! Hit with a right hand, save your martial art, drop the guy, and you're done. But like, it just depends on his skill level. You know, if you got to take it farther, then you take it farther. If you don't have to, then so be it. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of like like a trick question, and people want to kind of like elaborate more on what it is. But at the time, it'll be what it is. You know if that makes any sense. You see, mm-hmm. it. You take the situation as far as it needs to go. I think we talked about that before. The more serious, the more you got to control. The, you know, your internal area. You know, what I'm talking about. So you would have to go to different spots to take the guy out. You know, if you got the iron palm, then that's going to help you out a lot. You could be going to the to the head, to the eyes, the throat. You know, all the good spots and stuff. So, like I said, it, it depends. I how the guys approaching
1: you. No, that that's great, and, and I think you know th- there's a lot of lessons in there, even just for living life and the way that you should react to situations. Thank you very much for that answer. That was excellent. And right, so, so here's a question for Alex that we have. So it's before you met Felix, you had already mastered Taekwondo, winning a gold medal in the Pan American Games, and had already been inducted in the Martial Arts Hall of Fame. We have now been inducted ten times. What is it that drew you to Felix, and how did you meet? And why did you try to? Tr- why did you decide to train in Kung Fu? Well,
5: when I was younger, like um, I always wanted to be like Bruce Lee. Everybody wants to be like Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. the hands and the feet. So I did the hands. I did Wing Chun Kung Fu for my first style. I didn't really like it because it was more the hands. And when I was young, I just wanted to kick and like Bruce Lee and do that and just get it over with. So I told my dad to put me in, um, in Taekwondo and he put me in Taekwondo. And then from there I succeeded. seated. Uh, I got my black belt when I was like eight and a half, my second degree when I was like 12 and a half, my third when I was 16 and a half. And after that, I couldn't get a higher rank because I had to be more older due to the, to the Korean rules of the United mm-hmm. States. And um, I'm certified uh, WTF, which is the the One Federation, you know. and um, to be a higher rank, to get a fourth, I had to be, uh, older. So I already I already mastered in everything. So I thought i started taking other styles, you know, like Muay thai Filipino stick fighting, you know, uh Kali uh, uh judo everything because I always thought about this the seven ways to fight close up distance on the floor, weapons, pressure points, joint locks, control fighting, talk with everyone. So you know you gotta fight those styles. You can't just do taekwondo all your life and you know what if you're in a small area, you can't you can't kick. If you're in an open area you can kick even a small area you gotta do like you know some kind of martial arts which like jkd is real good for close up like that and if you if you fall on the floor if you throw a kick if you fall on the floor you gotta learn how to fight on the floor so you can either do wrestling judo or you just do you know this and that and uh or if you're like or if you if you're front, if your friends or if you had a bouncer or at a security at a club you gotta learn how to do control fighting so pressure points and joint lock just get over here you don't want to hurt the guy because if you hurt him you know, they're gonna do a lawsuit or something. So you just want to control the guy and get him out of the club without fighting around like that. Control fighting. And if someone pulls a weapon at you, you gotta learn how to fight with, you know, with a weapon. It could be a hat, it could be a ring, it could be a belt, shoestring, could be a shoe, anything, dirt, anything. You gotta learn how to fight with sticks. You know, anything that's that's near you. You know, um, you gotta learn how to. Those are the ways of fighting. And then uh, since I already mastered in Taekwondo, I wanted to do more hands. So I was looking around. And then I came across uh, uh on Felix, and I was like, oh JKD, he does this, so I'm gonna go ahead and call him up. And next you know when I when I came to his house, I was like, oh man, I used to pass by his house all the time for like like 20 years ago. I used to pass by his house, and he had the garage open, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go there one of these days and see what's up. And then it never went. And then all of a sudden, when I wanted to train, I and I called him up. And he goes, come my house, and I was like, I've been here before, so I passed by here before. So you know, he was like about maybe 10 minutes from me, five, seven minutes away. So, you know, since I as soon as I take his class, man, you learn quick here. You learn quick here. And you start opening your eyes, you start realizing like from your style to other people's style, what they do with their hands. And it's like you see movies like like Van Dam or seems to go, like, oh man, that was you know, that's a good move right there. And then you go back and you take this class, and you go back and look at the movie, and it's like, man. That guy was open right there. He could have had him right here. He could have done this and that. So this is an eye-opener, martial arts right here. This JKD. It's not the movies. Not the movies. No, this is reality. Real stuff, man. Real street stuff. People don't just tell you, like, I do know this stuff. Nah, that's bullshit. Just get him over the way. Get him out of the way with it. And, you know, just hit and run. Don't mention my name, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So so here's a question for you, Alex and, and, and Felix and anybody else. Feel free to chime in. So what do you think, you know, makes training with Felix different than training anywhere else?
5: Well, when I took karate, I was like, "Uh, uh, I'm not saying nothing about karate because everybody's good in their own style. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own style and everybody has a criticism towards every other style. You know, it depends on you. If you want to be dedicated to your style and you could be good at any martial arts, but you just got to be dedicated to it and then put your heart into it because you can say, oh, that style sucks. And, and and maybe it does but then that one person out of that style is really good you know because he put his heart and dedication so he knows what's gonna come he knows what's gonna do he knows what's up a lot of people do that same thing too but then again you know it's just it's just everybody's everybody's different and everybody's dedicated to what they do and uh and they know what's up See if you guys want to jump in
6: <laughs> i can actually tell you from my experience um like i started like back in like i was graduating high school so this was 99 and uh I met that's where I met his dad. I used to be, work at a cobbler shop. I used to repair shoes. So that's how I met him. He used to come and get his shoes fixed. And um well, actually, I didn't even know he trained with Bruce and Jimmy until like after like the first month of working out with his dad. But his dad just uh, he came in with a kung fu magazine because we used to have a, uh, a bookshop and he just said just oh and I said, Oh wow, you I was looking at the magazine said, so, you like martial arts? He said, Yeah, but I could never afford it because I've tried as a little kid going to some schools but it'd be too expensive. My parents just couldn't afford it. I told him, yeah, but I've just never fought. He just gave me his number, said, just show up to my house Sunday at 5 30. And I remember I went, and uh, he never mentioned Bruce, Jimmy, none of that. He just said, okay, let's just go to the garage. We're going to start working. I'm going to start teaching. Uh, we're going to start a new session. So I said, okay. So I started working out. And uh, at first, it was just like, it didn't make sense. I was like, where's the punching? He wouldn't let us punch. Where's the kicking? Where's the, you know, the, <laughs> the exciting part of, of uh, the martial art training? Like, I thought we'd be like, kick, kick, punch, punch, and hit mitts or something. I, I got your breaking bricks, and it was none of that. And uh, he gave me a, It was a – I really didn't get it. Like, why would I what, – what I was doing then. Um, and then uh, he sort of, like, after the month, he said, okay, well, your month's up. Uh, you guys like it? And I said, yeah, I like it. I like it. I just don't get it, but I liked it. You know, just something was telling me that I was liking it. So I said, okay. Then he goes inside his house, and he pulls out this briefcase. He opens it up. He pulls out Bruce Lee's autographs, books written, you know, the first books that Bruce Lee written, but it's like, you know, to fill, and then pictures of, uh, you know, uh, you know, old guys and stuff Bruce, Bruce, you know, when he's dead and, you know, stuff like that, old memorabilia. So I was like, wow, so I was really shocked. And it was just like, okay, so now we're ready. So there was just from there on, it was just sort of like, um, he always said that fighting and training is two different things. You know, it's like when martial arts, it's like, you know, you, you can, you know, you can train somebody to do like a cotta form, right? But it doesn't mean it's going to be effective. So he says, if you really understand that with, with with this art, it's like, I want you to be independent. I want you to be yourself. I want you to be, you know, use your self-expression, but I'm going to just lead you there. Just how Bruce and Jimmy led me to create my own style, to be independent from, you know, to be unique, I'm going to let you be unique. So it was it was just like something incredible. We do techniques that it's like, well, you're looking at like, like if it's being choreographed, but it didn't make sense. But then like, okay, like, so when, it, when it's time to get down, it's like, okay, what can you do from this? What works for you? What can you use? What can you add? What can you take away? And I don't know, it just evolve from there. And then, like, I, you know, I fell in love with it and I've been doing this since so 20 years. And it's like, I've been doing it 20 years and it's awesome. You know, me guys like this and it's just incredible. Yeah, a yeah, a beginning.
4: You know, you yeah.
6: punch and kick something just to
4: punch and kick it. You have to have a, a balance and you got to have a direction. Without balance, you can't fight. Without direction, you're just punching wherever you can land, right? So it just takes you to the part where, you learn how to hone your skills, where to stand, how to stand, be it left to right, right to left. A lot of JQD guys emphasize the fact that it has to be the right stance. I can do it on the left. I can do it on the right. You can do it at a, at a normal stance. You don't walk around with your fight stance on. You look like a knight. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have to uh, – <laughs> when it calls, then it will it'll, it'll happen itself naturally. You know what I mean? So it's just like, uh, you know, you have to have a purpose. And if you got a purpose, then you'll learn how to fight better. Like a boxer, you know, you just don't go punch the bag and then you ask what the hell you punched punching it for. You don't have an answer. <laughs> you take your time. You have to hone your guy. I got guys, some guys are light-footed, some guys are heavy, some guys are in the middle. It's like a boxer, again, the light-footers move, the heavy-footers bang. But I like, to, I like to teach both. I like to have the light-footer and the heavy-footer. He needs to move, he'll, he'll move. He needs to bang, he'll stop, stop root, and bang. You know I'm talking about, so it, it all comes together. So it becomes one without having a capital on it. So the intercepting fist that we talked about earlier would be all of that. Would be to intercept all incoming as we move, whether it be like I said before, during, or after. But it, it's all in the moving. Well,
1: thank you're you guys for the answers.
0: You're always predicting what your opponent's going to do and adapting.
4: Well,
1: exactly. It
4: could be. But it's kind of like I to teach my guys how to uh do it on the fly. In other words, predicting means you're gonna hope he's gonna do this. Whatever he doesn't? Right. You know, it it just it just means when the hands go up and move, then, then you go. That's all yeah. is. You have to it is.
0: Okay, you so have maybe to a little it. more reactive than predictive.
4: <laughs> yeah, you have to, it ain't like chop, pull back, touch, yeah, bow, his turn. No way. You'll get beat up. You know, as soon as the hand goes up, boom, it's there. You know, like I say, the more you get into the Kung Fu stuff here, the more internal you become. And if you get lucky enough to learn the iron palm and how it works, then it'll take you it a lot farther. You know, everybody else in the JKD world's out there practicing stripes and belts and certificates. We talked about that many times, right? And I don't believe in all that. Okay, you're going to get in the fight. You're going to run to the car, pull out your certificate, <laughs> and you're not going to stop <laughs> Right. Josh laughs. It's the truth. You know, it's you just you just go. Right. You know what I'm talking about? So it's, it's got to be a natural kind of a thing where it just works for you personally. Like Pablo has this thing. Alex got his and Jovan over here. Jovan, he wrestled. He was he was, he was what state took state to in league, yeah, league champion. And, and for Jovan, I kept his wrestling ability and his low sense of gravity, pulled it up a little bit. I didn't throw it away. I used it because that was that was a root. You see what I'm talking about? When you go to a place, a lot of times they'll take everything you've learned, wipe it, wipe it clean, just if you start over. That's easy to manage a person. You know what I'm talking about. want you to fall at something like that you've done probably ten times over. And it's a good thing, no matter what you do, martial art. Whatever, hitting the guy with your fingernails over there, you know, um, everything, whatever you've ever learned, it's considered, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's your experience. That's what you're going to take to the table. You don't take nothing else. You know, people in the martial arts, they, they do what they call a dance. They, they do it together. Right. And you get this other guy that, that moves to the left, it's going to confuse the guy. That's just whatever's going to happen in real life. So you got to be ready for all of the above. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, Pablo's story kind of reminded me of the Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi. You know, just telling the basics, wax on, wax off, and and uh, the Karate Kid not knowing what you know how to put it all together, what this was leading to, and uh, your story kind of. Of that a
4: little bit. Yeah, well, actually did wax on a wax object. He did a lot of car, <laughs> right? Yeah. And shoes, yeah, polished yeah. shoes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Did a lot yeah. of stuff, you know. So the Miyagi story is a good one because that's kind of reality, you know. Everything yeah. Else. Um, but getting into the other aspect of JKD, I like to go talk about stuff that that's never mentioned. You know, like Josh, we talked about the Iron Palm. We talked about the herbs. We talked about how to make it, how to how to do things, right? And that's the other side of the door, you know. Like we call it the white door, the black door. The black door is where a lot of people are scared to go to. I like going there because it takes you mm-hmm. to another realm, and it takes you to the other part where that's what they used to do back in that day. But everybody nowadays is too damn spoiled. And they want everything right away, and they want to earn a black belt without touching each other.
6: You see what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? It's ridiculous, you know? you know? Like For us, I mean, when I started, breathing was actually the first thing we did before we started class. I remember when I started, I was bored, you know, because, you know, you sit there and you try to, okay, meditate, and you're, like, so eager to, like, thinking you're going to punch and kick and stuff, and it's like, I didn't get it. And, you know, like, you used to develop, you know, we got to learn how to develop our breath, and, you know, we, we did a lot of the breathing, and that was the first thing we did for our warm-up, because you had to, you know, get your body going, get the chi going, get your mind right, you know, be, become focused, you know, it's like, it was really, and I didn't get it then, you know, I was only, I was I was 18 at the time, and, you know, I'm almost 40, so it's like, it's like, wow, what is this, like, I want to hit, like, come on, let's do this, and it's like, no, 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 you're missing the whole, you're missing the whole picture of well, what martial arts is not about, it's not about beating somebody up, because then you're not, anybody can hit, like, any, anybody can know how to throw a punch, you can get lucky and hit somebody and knock them out or whatever, everybody has that fighting instance, it doesn't take somebody to, to know how to defend themselves, it's like, why are you here to? What are you here to learn? Are you here to learn Kung food, to learn techniques, to develop yourself so you can keep on keeping the tradition going? Or you just want to hear so you can be a bully or hit people? Fight if you have to. Fight if you know, but Why do we have to. Like we talked about last time.
4: Yeah. Give a guy a gun or a person a gun. If they don't know how to shoot it, they're going to hurt somebody. Same damn thing. Right? Same goddamn thing. It all goes back to mannerism and how you handle it. That's all it is.
6: But the reality of this yeah. art is like, it's like when you look in the mirror, right? As you move in the mirror, it copies exactly what you're doing, right? So as you're striking, that hand moves exactly with you. So it's like it's very important that, you know, we not to wait, not to pause, not to delay in what we do because, you know, that can be – there. you don't know if there's a knife at the end of that hand, right? So if we're waiting for the hand to reach if we think we're going to stop it right in front of us. You put a six-inch blade on it, he cuts you, even though you stopped the hand. So the thing is, you know, to like – you know like I said we're not trying to guess but we want to be we want to be as soon as he mir- he moves you move with him we mirror our opponent he throws we throw with him we're trying to our defense becomes our offense and our offense becomes the defense and we just sort of let you know let what we've learned just let the natural bully without thinking just let it take over because when as soon as we start thinking and we forget to breathe our heart what happens our heart gets nervous we get nervous and we start getting scared so we start delaying so that's sort of what we're to be calm to be grounded and to be be first you know what I'm saying so we can be get to the opponent quick. Because yeah. I, I just training, teach you. Yeah. We can sit yeah. here and train and we can go for hours and make it look nice. Right. But in reality, you know, it, you know, if we go one, two, we don't want to sit there and fight a guy for five, 10 minutes, you know, it, and who does that?
4: Yeah. Nobody I just teach natural huh. instinct. Now getting back to all the Kung Fu stuff we had, uh, I'm going to give Josh a minute to speak his piece and, and say what he wanted to say as well. <laughs>
2: Yeah. What about one in particular?
4: Oh, but uh, I think there were some unfinished questions that that the audience had asked you as well, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, oh, go ahead, Nick.
1: I, I actually have one specifically for you, Josh, from Martin Flynn, and it is in the last event. Josh spoke about a herb that becomes toxic when added to a ditajao. If he can remember, would he be able to explain why a herb only becomes toxic when added to a jowl? Also, does copper require any special processing to make the alcohol extract the, combat- the compounds, or does it just work like any other herbal extraction? Thanks. So
2: I I don't think I recall saying that there was an herb that, that becomes toxic when you add it to a jow. Um I, I'll it's I'll have to go back and see what the what the verbiage there was, but but do you started- think that
0: it was talking about the D.1, the wand the um, the um, drink?
2: Okay, so so there are some some differences um, in using a a, a jow as opposed to a, a wand. So like you can have things that are that have some toxicity in an external liniment. Um, and it, it won't impact the, the body the same way. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Like, first of all, um, when you ingest something, you know, your, your liver's like, you know, cutting carboxyl groups and stuff off of the, off of those compounds. And, and so you actually metabolize that those things differently in it through, through your skin, as opposed to when you, you know, when you take them internally. So toxic herbs taken internally have a really different kind of effect for that reason. Um, but then the other reason is that they never really like externally, they never really absorb um, the same way in you know, into your bloodstream that they would, um, you know, if you put them in your mouth. So, so like, those are the, the main differences there is that you have, you have to be a lot more careful about what you're, what you're ingesting. Um, and for sure, you can't, I, I guess that makes sense now that how the question is worded. You certainly can't just take a jow and swallow it um mm-hmm. because you really you really need to know what's in there like you know especially like the old school jows some of them were using like unprocessed futsa and unprocessed bancha and, and all of these like really toxic things that externally are not such a big deal um uh Machianca, like they used to use like raw machanza, which has strychnine in it so like obviously you don't want to eat that um, but when you put it on your skin, it doesn't have the same effect. So you, you just need to know what's in it if you're going to, like, ingest yeah. it. There was a gel that I got back in the day, a buddy of mine, Kevin Kimes. We used to make our
4: gels, and we started breaking in the 90s. I got to the point where I was snapping and breaking. And get a coconut, Oh, no problem. It was so easy. But there was a job we we met a guy, and it was a toxic job. Now, this gel I have in particular, I think I, I got the recipe I haven't put away. And and Rodney was kinda of interested in it. He didn't have that one. And it contained a black centipede, which was a little bit toxic, but that was only for if you were discussing and doing the iron hand, the poison hand, vibrating hand. You know what I mean? That was really intense stuff. It's kinda of like you being the rocket scientist you are, Josh. Nobody understands anything but you on that part, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. It would be like that. It would be like for them to get that. They would have to understand exactly what the hell they're using it for and how to do it. You see what I mean? And it's really it's rare, but like you said, a lot of these things are hard to get now,
2: yeah, yeah, for sure, so, so i' I'm, we-
0: I'm gonna take it back just a little bit um and ask a, a pretty general question here that one of our um, viewers had. How has iron palm body training evolved through the years?
2: And I have a follow-up question for this, for the, for you guys as well. So okay. who wants
0: to take that? Cause I think that could be answered by any of yep. you. Yeah. Well,
4: see, when I learned iron palm, I had to steal the books. My dad didn't want to teach it to me back in the day. Cause he said, I, I couldn't handle it back then. Too hot-headed, but, I, but I'm not as hot-headed anymore. right? <laughs> But so I got the books back then and read them and just, and I learned how to do it. And he and he saw me doing it and he goes, "Oh damn, you learned it." Oh yeah. You know. And I got the books here with me. I got Jim Lee's both of them. The Iron Palm A and B. I have them both. Very rare to have. I got them both. And and doing it's like back in the day more guys did it. Even the karate guys got into it. More more iron, you know, breaking and everything. But the new breed of martial artists overlooks that, you know, it, it's too, uh, it's almost like saying a bad word in front of little kids. You know, they don't, they're not accustomed to that. And so the iron palm and everything else, and the herbs and everything that you know, Josh and Rodney and everybody else, and all the stuff that we're learning still, all the stuff I introduced to the boys on iron palm, my father introduced them. All that's kind of regressing because of the fact that it's overshadowed, overlooked, and getting to be forgotten. See? It's not as common anymore. You go to any martial arts school around here, you ask them about Iron Palm, they're going to look at you like, what are you talk about, a glove with BBs? That's what they're going to ask you. Right? They have no idea what it means to train there, to go there, and to actually do it. You know, and the Iron Palm is part of the last step that, that you get towards the end when you become really good and you're able to carry a bigger gun, if that makes any sense to you guys. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: And yeah, just get a follow up. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I have a I'll, I have a quick question which kind of goes back to JKD, but first I'm going to I'll I'll give my, some of my takes on that too. So if I go if I look back like 20 25 years when I first learned iron palm it, it was all open medium. Like you know, today it's like you have your bag or you have your open medium and so like I first learned with a huge walk that was filled with gravel. And that was the thing. It was like, and it was very, very, it was like slow training. And it was like, like really ultra secretive and esot- and all of these things. Right. And it like was combined with like all of these, you know, Qigong exercises. And it was like religiously 12 hours apart and all these other things. Um, and then if you fast forward to like, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, when I learned like started learning, it was probably twenty, I don't know, fifteen or twenty, something like that. And I learned about the you know, hitting the bag, and it's like, what? Like, what what about the the walk? You know, like that's the thing. Um, and so then the bag became a big deal. And I think it's it's like it's almost been like a sine wave because like now people are kind of getting seems like the open medium is getting big again. Um, the iron ore taconite is like a thing. And so like, I used to, I used to hit iron ore taconite in the. the, my wife is sitting over here and she's looking at me. I used to hit the taconite in the garage. And after like, you know, a month, there's like this purple coating dust, on like everything. And she didn't like that very much, but, um, you know it's just changed so much and like now i think that people are learning that like you don't have to approach it like so like slowly that like painfully slowly information is coming out things are are changing and and i think that that's i think that's a really good thing for the most part um and so that's that's kind of you know my take and then my my follow up question is is you guys alex and felix like when when you guys look at JKD, over the last like 10, 20, 30 X, X number of years, have you noticed a similar type of trend there? Like were, were things really, really difficult to get then and now it's like people are more interested in growing and learning? Or like what's the evolution of that been like? Well, for me, it was I didn't, I didn't go to anybody else. I didn't outsource. I didn't have to. I did what we
4: had here. We had all the stuff. We had all the Qigong. We had all the stuff at Herb. We had all the stuff at Iron Palm. There was no way in hell I was going to go to any any other JKD school around out there and and go backward. No way. We were on a forward thing. That's what we did. And see, with with Bruce and Jimmy being together there, you know, they taught my father the pressure point, the Iron Palm, and and the conditioning that they all did. They were known for all that, you see. And so because Jimmy and Bruce, they were a pair of internal guys. And after they both died, everybody jumped on a Bruce Lee bandwagon and all the lights went out. You know, all the certificates, all the goddamn, uh, $2,500 on the weekend to become a teacher, you know, all that stuff went up, you know, and everybody always says, well, in Oakland, none of them were certified. Jimmy didn't certify anybody, you know, if you wanted to certify, you had to learn. And if you didn't learn, you go home. Like we said before, you know, Mm -hmm. Jimmy was the boss. Bruce was there as well. And, uh, they taught what they taught, you know, and they taught to, to show you how to protect yourself, not to earn uh, something you're going to put on your wall, which is meaningless, you know. But it's just like, uh, like I say, so I was never one to join any federation of, of any kind, never will. I, I'll never do it, you know. I like being a free agent. I like being on my own. I like doing what I do, you know. I like going forward. I like going deeper into what everybody else is scared to go to. I like all that. That's just the way it's been. I teach my guys the same way, you know, teach them the way the gung-fu guys used to do, not how they do now, which is uh, like a thin sheet.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for that answer. That was great. Mm -hmm. So so I guess a great follow-up to that then is, you know, what do you think of the current JKD scene?
4: What do I think about it? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't think much, to be honest with you. I see a whole lot of the same damn thing over and over. I see everybody incorporating 20, 30 different martial arts to try to find what was lost. I I keep telling everybody, you know, I mean, I met other JKD guys. Let's see. We got a lot of history, a lot of lineage here. It's a whole lot of stuff. If you just open up your damn eyes, you could actually see all the stuff that you need here. We've offered it, but I come to find out, I'd rather offer it to other martial art artists, different kung fu guys. Our pal must—they can use it. They will understand it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Not somebody that's going to stand in uh-huh. the street where they're going to believe mostly. Well, it says right here, the JKD Bible, New LA, that this is this is what you got to do. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I don't read that Bible, man. I don't do it. <laughs> I like. I like I, we've it. got a
0: comment here from Dominic that just said, "We train for real life." Not show fighting. I like that comment.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's one of our guys, Dominic. Kingdom. He's that. also a great rapper. He's also oh. really good. You got to hear him one day.
0: Uh, awesome. hey, um, Alex, I was looking at your Facebook feed, and it looks like you're a singer as well.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah, I sing freestyle music. like That's uh, awesome. What Stevie yeah. B does. I don't know if you guys heard of Stevie B, the king of freestyle.
3: Stevie okay. B. All okay. right. Uh,
5: Cover girls and stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, he knows all them. I sing from here to New York to Chicago to Miami, Texas. Had offers to go to Germany. My song made number one in Germany, uh number three in Brazil, don't know what number in Colombia, but it sold all around the world. and made me a lot of money. I had like two albums out and stuff. So you know. oh,
0: fact, fantastic. Yeah, so,
4: yeah, no, no, due to the COVID thing, he birthday parties, <laughs> you know. <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. To- <laughs> yeah yeah. Um I'd like to give a quick insight on one of my other students here if you don't mind. and we have time. I don't want to take away your time as well, Josh, because I know you got things. Oh, to say. You guys are good.
2: You guys are good. Yeah.
4: But uh I would just like to introduce Joe a little more and, and let him give his insight as a student in and how he came through and how he found me in, in in through wrestling and everything. You know, he was actually in China too. We went out there and, and worked out in China and showed the guys what we had to do. They were kind of surprised at the techniques that we, how we did them. They were like, you got that in America? They couldn't believe it. Right.
0: Wow. That's awesome.
4: Awesome.
7: Yeah, they were, um, I went out there cause I was teaching. So how, how I ended up meeting the, uh, the Wing Chun guys was I was, um, walking past a, a school and it was like, it, it seemed like a movie cause there was a guy smoking a cigarette outside and my Chinese isn't very good. So I just happened to look at him and I, I see the dummy. I'm like, can I? And he was just like, so I put my bag down. I start playing on the dummy. And after a while, there was like a crowd behind me. I was like, oh, uh, this is awkward. So he records a few videos and sends them to his um, friend who's a Wing Chun instructor. So the guy comes down and also we can't really communicate. So we do a, a WeChat and I start training with them. And they were like, um, they said, well, what do you do? And I I, at first, I didn't want to say JKD because the lack thereof Wing Chun, so to speak, is very minimal. And, but I said it and was like, oh, man, this is going to bring some trouble. <laughs> but what, what happened was, um, so we started working out, and they were very surprised, like, how I could catch them on the inside. Not Like, they would tell me the names of techniques, and I, I didn't know the names. It was like, oh, oh, that move, okay, yeah. So we would play a lot, and they would just kind of let me come in. And the way they taught and the way we teach here is, is the same Like they're very um, most schools you go here and it's very slow to teach you to roll and things like that. Over there, it's not like that. They they really like to get to the business, which is what I like to do, which is what we do here. So I could kind of, we kind of met there, and that's how we communicated was just with the hands. And then of course when they would try to grab and things like that, I just start wrestling because everybody likes to. Once you start crowding their space, they forget what they're doing, and then it's I'm going to grab you, and I'm like perfect. Right in my wheelhouse. To the floor you go. That's just how it normally goes. But it was a lot of fun. And then since I knew how to make the herbs and things like that, a lot of people ask me where'd you learn that. Like that's old customs. And I'm like, oh my, my teacher taught me. No, wow. he's not like no, my teacher's Mexican. But you know, you get a pass. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it it's it interesting to see like how the um as far as kung fu goes, how closely associated Oakland JKD is with traditional Chinese customs would Upholding them, but still being very American at the same way, if that makes sense. That's like, because we do things that like, I didn't really understand. And then I got over there and seemed like, oh, that's what that is. Like, because of all the breathing and things like that. It's, ve- it's very Chinese, but very American at the same time. Like it holds all the root, but then it's still American. It's just... I don't really know how to explain it. In the, in the you'll
4: get some, you'll hear some JPD guys that go to China.
7: And I kind of laugh a little bit.
4: You do very well in the tourist area. But then you guys go down to where they actually do the real gung for stuff. You see what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. he said, no joke over there. They, they, they learn, they play to win. They don't play to lose. And a lot of successful people that go there are normally Disney world, the airport, you know, all the places that, that, that's Americanized, like you said. But now, mm-hmm. for me, I'd walk away from all of that. I would go, I'm going to go down that one street that has all the schools. I'm going to see what's going on, right? I want to see how how everything we've done, how we can mix and mingle with the, with the different gung-fu art and how, you know, you can comprehend by talking with a hand. You know, sometimes language language goes out the window, but the hand doesn't. You see what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I I love that, and, and you, you know it's so cool. It's you, you know martial arts, almost like music, is it's another universal language, which yeah, which, it, which is really fascinating.
4: Yeah. So, you've done some kind of gung fu before too, Josh?
2: Yeah, I. um I, I did a little wing Chun. I spent a few years at uh, in a JKD school. Um, I think I mentioned last time we were um, Bastillo Richard Bastillo's group. Oh okay yeah um, and then i, I spent a, a number of years doing Southern mantis, the Hakka the Hakka stuff.
6: Oh, that's
2: uh, right. Gocho good. a number of yeah, years that. of of like five animal Shaolin and and then I moved on to some other and to basically so who was your iron palm guy? So you the guy that, that I first learned from his name, his name was, um, she, Tim Sheehan. And he was like, well, that was the school anyway. And, um, or he was the guy that had the school and it was, um, it was like, you know, there were, there were all these guys. In fact, I've talked about it in one of my, um, one of my, uh, one of the other podcasts. And like I would walk into this room and there was like, all this stuff. Like I remember seeing like a four gentlemen's like the, just the tea pills on the, um, on the, on the shelf and being like, what, what is, you know, what is that? And that was like, that was, that, that was this, that was where it was all all open medium. It was gravel. Um, and it was really, really slow. And that's where a lot, Oh, hold on. I got to plug in my my (laughs) laptop's about to die here. Give me one sec. There we go. So, um that's where it was really really slow it was just very very slow um training through that yeah So i yeah. know we got a subject for a minute ago about
4: some of the slight changes the modernization of iron palm right mm-hmm. back in the day my father used to use a lot of lead shot yeah i have I love my lead shot bag yeah the lead shot they use a lot of lead cheap easy to get and the but I guess as time went on, they kind of have started having restrictions about lead poisoning. So the shot now is contained what? A lot of copper, stainless steel shot
2: now that they yeah, use? Yeah, stainless, um, stainless yeah. steel, um, steel. Um, and then it's coated like they've got nickel coated and stuff. And um, yeah. uh, But the lead now, actually, I used to, in fact, my wife used to make um, canvas lined bags. Um, for 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 people and so like i have a i have lead shot bags and they have, like are custom made with like these canvas lining on the inside to deal with the you know the lead poisoning so oh, but, yeah. Cool. yeah yeah wow. and actually there's a point in in the iron pump book um there's a page in there that where i list out like all of the like densities and hardnesses of all of those materials and it's really interesting because like, if you look at lead, um, it's, it's, it's like steel is like four times harder than lead and lead is like 170% denser than steel. And so you get like these really interesting kind of like quality, like differences in the quality of the, the, the feedback, right. From the bag. And so like, I've, I've loved experimenting with, you know, different types of mediums. Like there's one, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's, um, who had been, you know, playing around with martial arts and iron palm and herbs and stuff with for, I don't know, 15 years. And he, he texts me, his name is Nate. <laughs> I wonder if he's watching and Nate texts me and he was like, Hey, have you ever hit like, I don't know, like tungsten carbide or something. And it's like, you know, t- twice as hard as steel. Um, and it's not that dense and I was like, no, but I really want to try that. So, like, there's definitely some interesting differences in all those all those materials.
4: Yeah, curiosity.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Curiosity. exactly. Yeah. And actually, I really like the um, – I really did like, like I mentioned, the, the taconite, like the iron ore taconite pellets. And they're not dense, um, and they're not hard. In fact, like, I find, like, when I'm hitting it, like, you can watch them break and crack and crumble – but I love hitting them because, like, when you hit a bag, it's really, like, it is – it's a whole lot more – it's, like, deeper in the body, right? Like, it affects the, like, fascia and the joints and stuff a lot more. And when you hit the, the open medium, it's, like, rather than having this flat surface that vibrates through your hand – it's like these point charges right on the surface of your skin, and so like it's a really, really, really different kind of conditioning. And I, I I miss it so much. It's like such a damn mess that I can't do it anymore. But I love doing it. So yeah, I used to do a
4: lot. I used to break a lot, but I've stopped ever since. I uh, wish I would have knew now what I know. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. back then I, I break a lot, but I use less jowl. now. I use more gel. Right. now as I got older. My hands, you know, they ain't what they used to be. You know. And everything else, a lot of over the years, so it kind of, kind of that ruined them a little
0: bit, but it, but it limited me now more. So yeah. Josh, um, following up a little bit more on what you're talking about with the Iron Palm training. In our last um podcast, we got a little bit into this, but somebody asked, um, what are your thoughts regarding the four seasons and the recommended climate for beginners training? So.
2: As far as beginners training, and and probably some of this is similar and some of it's different than right the way the JKD guys are are doing it. So it'd be interesting to you know combine those these two perspectives. Um, but my the thing that I run into is like obviously you don't want to go so fast that you're hurting that you walk away and like at the end of the you know the next morning your hand is like really like stiff and sore. Um, a little bit of that's fine, but the biggest the problem that i i see with people that do iron palm is like they want to start they want to start with like something really soft like mung beans right which is like the really really traditional thing to start on and they want to like hit it like you know for 10 minutes and then they want to like you know do that for a year right and so when yeah. i start. People. Yeah. It's and that's like that's the that's like the really, really traditional way they used to do it in China. And yeah. yeah, And so like when I taught when I start people on Iron Palm, I'll give I'll I'll give them like a bag of gravel and I'll be like, start off like the first day, hit the bag for, you know, like five minutes or 10 minutes. Right. Get like 30 strikes in for you know each hand or if you're going to do the single hand or whatever for each strike right and it's like a 5 or 10 minute deal you know sans any kind of warm ups or cooldowns. and then every day add 10 strikes per strike per hand and so like after a month most of these guys should be doing like you know spending like 30 or 60 minutes a day like just hitting the bag just strikes and and then, of course, if it feels too fast, right, then either more on the jow and massage or less on the strikes, you know, to like, you know, keep yourself in this in a in a, a nice sweet spot. But then yeah. after a few months of that, it's like for me, it's like straight on to iron uh, steel shot or lead shot. And, um, you know, I truly believe and like this is the way I think we all really train martial arts when we're trying when we're obsessed with it we're trying to progress as as you know as best we can is optimal like you want optimal training and optimal training means is that you're doing just enough that you don't hurt yourself right and little enough that you can train the next day and just you can just barely train the next day right like you don't if you, there's like that sweet spot like right on the edge of the riding the knife And like, that's where you want to be. And you can't really teach that to somebody, right? You can just tell them like, go as hard as you can without hurting yourself. And if you feel like you're about to hurt yourself, just back off like a little bit. And so like, that's kind of my philosophy about
0: it. Okay. That makes sense. And hey, I want to jump in really quick with um, Nick. Um, He's got another question from a live viewer. And then I know he's got to run. So I'll let him ask that.
1: Yeah, yeah, sadly, all you guys are Central and West Coast. Us over here on the East Coast, it's actually pretty late. But um, so this is from Martin Flynn, and it's, is the JKD stance any different than uh, Wing Chun stance? Just wondering from when Felix was talking about rooting.
4: Yeah, it is. See, uh, for us, I use a conventional stance of kind of like boxing, we call toe to heel, Mm -hmm. line to heel. Front toe will, will adjust to the back heel. you got the line down the middle. Wing Chun guys are more flat, more centered, square-shouldered. You know, and uh, people people believe in fencing as well. A lot of fencing in the JKD stance. I don't lose the fence. Uh, too long of a distance for me. Step out too far, step back. Step back too far, you're going to get hit with a left hook. Either way. Step in, boom. Step away, bang. You know talk I'm talking about? And we just use a natural stance and then – when you root, it's uh, it depends on, uh, the you know what's coming at you. If it's really intense, you'll root more. You'll, you'll gain the root, you'll gain the strength. And if you have a little less, then you'll you'll lift a little bit, and you'll be able to move. So you have to have both. You know, you can't just have one or the other. Like I said, the fencing thing, Bruce Lee's brother, I believe, fence. Bruce Lee was just curious on a fencing thing. We did what was called side to side. It was for the kick in, you know, to kick in and move away. You know, but the general stance is toe to heel like a boxing stance, left to right, right to left. It doesn't matter. You know, we're not sold on the right only, you know, with uh, copying anybody else. We've done this for years. This is what we got out of Jim Lee's place. This is what we uh, continue to do to this day. You know, same thing. Yeah, it's different. It's a little different from what a lot of people are used to.
3: Okay.
1: No, thank you for that answer. And, and, well, at this point, I do have to go. Thank you all so much for being here. For me, we're definitely going to do this again. You guys are great. Thank you for all your support from Plum Dragon, and I am signing out. So have a great night, and I'll talk um, to you guys. Later. Take drink, Nick.
2: Thank you guys. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Whoops. Okay, there we go. Oh, uh, I'm, uh, there we go. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, and we could wrap up soon, but I just wanted to give you guys just an opportunity. If there's anything else that you wanted to cover and we can, let me just say um, for anyone wondering, we will have more coming. I know from Josh in the future Facebook lives and podcasts, and we've talked with Alex and Felix about maybe collaborating on some future content. So check us out at PlumDragonHerbs.com. Um, and we'll have show notes and we'll have ways to connect with all of our guests on the show today, but yeah, yeah let, me, let me just give you good. a chance to say any last comments.
4: Well, I think next time the next, if we do a podcast podcast together, I think it should be a little bit more on possible demonstrations during the podcast. See people like they can hear a, lot, a whole lot of people talking. There'd be a lot of people out there looking at us thinking, now hey, you're full oh, shit. It's like that. And now, <laughs> you know, it's true. You know, they, they might look at you, Josh. Oh, yeah, sure. You're an iron palm. It's no believing. But sometimes it's just elaborating and and demonstrating how to use the job, how to strike a bag. If you are going to begin how to use the Kung Fu technique, how to use the Kung Fu technique combined with the iron palm. You know, for me, I don't teach iron palm unless you're an, unless you're a martial artist. I had guys ask me, can I learn iron palm? You want to learn martial arts? No, then forget it. You know, right. I'm not going to something that's that belongs to somebody that that should have it. You know what I'm talking about? Not just an ordinary guy just wants to have it to have it. No way. You're going to have to earn it. I've had guys in here I, I, won't do, I won't give it to them yet. i had guys in here that are less time and I'll give it to them. It just depends on how you can handle what you could do with the whole thing. That's all it is. It should be one combination of all, right? That's all it
0: mm-hmm.
4: is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. We'd love to see some demos. You guys are all together. You want to do anything right now? <laughs> so
4: uh, has- Bubbles? <laughs> Bubbles? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, okay, Josh. Well, what is it? What's curious of a technique? Well, what kind of a technique would you like to, you know, elaborate on?
2: Uh, me? Uh, yeah. I got barking dog over here. Um, so I. Let me give me one sec. Let me get him out of the room. Hold on.
0: Okay. I'm going to ask our viewers what would you like to see. let There We go. All
2: right. Sorry about that. So, right. so, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I think is hard for a lot of martial artists to understand. You know, like if you're if you're Wing Chun, you you don't you understand trapping range, right? And if you're a boxer, yeah. like understand striking range, and if you're so, like, do you, like, what about a, I don't know, a quick demonstration? Like, how do you guys like move from one range to the other type of situation? Oh, that's pretty easy. Uh, three
4: ways that I teach. I'll show you real quick.
2: I'm right there, I'll the laptop. Who wants to go? Yeah.
4: Do you want? Huh? Who wants oh, to go? Oh, I'll go. oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know if we could Are you guys able to? Yeah, that's a good. Perfect. Bit, like. yeah.
5: One more that way, so you guys won't be in the light. Here. Can you see yourself pretty Are good? Are
4: you guys able to see? Yeah. Yep. We teach three ways. Just elaborate. Now, this will be done quickly, and it's going to be done, you know, people will be able to comprehend a lot of things because it takes time to learn why and how you do it. You know, first of all, when we elaborated on the on the footing, we tell you guys to be more here, you know, more square. We're more slightly turned a bit, you know, the boxing stance. All your power will come from the knee generated to the elbow. Not the hand, if you punch off the hand, you're just getting an arm shot. Your chi and everything you're breathing has to come from the ground up. The ground ignites the knee, which ignites the elbow, which in turn gives you a solid shot. You see what I'm talking about? So when we teach Josh, I'm on, okay, I'll be on the natural right side, don't matter. We call what's outside, the outside technique. Generally, you know, if a one-two punch is slip here, Slip here, slip here. You no, know, this is for the outside, right? You know, it can be done left or right. It doesn't matter. You can throw here, I can catch here, catch this way, and hit the sting. And all the trapping that so you're talking about, in case he touches, if he was to touch me, it would be here. So then I would, I would uh, find the hand. As you get better through the whole process, once you've learned everything out here to get away, I don't want to put the guy too close yet because of the fact that if he's in there too close, he's not understanding it, he won't be able to do it. So, little by little, as you go along, we've discussed the outside here, all lined up. What we call we've got the halfway point, which would be halfway inside the hand. Outside here, and I'm halfway in. Can you guys understand that a little bit? You see, so the punch is here, that's right here. The punch is here. Strike here. Then continue out again. You see? And as you get better, you feel more comfortable Whether it's right to left, left to right, straight up from here. But you're going to be in the fight stance regardless. Then you would find the middle. All this, like the wooden heavy. strikes here, I intercept, and I shoot the inside here. You see what I'm talking about? So I would catch, shift, cross, come back. You know, just to get the hand rolled. That's there are three ways to teach, and nothing fancy. Just little by little. You know, if you guys understand. That's
0: great. I was trying to make it bigger. I made myself bigger. I'm gonna have to learn. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, uh. you know. yeah, but uh, but uh, you 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 guys have any more questions or anything for the boys or or anybody else or before we're I know you got to get running.
0: Yeah. Well, we are getting a few more requests, but I think it would be great to use some of these other requests that we're getting um, to maybe have you do some videos that we could share. So we'll take some time to develop those and um, maybe offer them up later.
4: Yeah. Maybe even do an online seminar together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something we could look at.
4: But if we do a seminar with Plum Dragon, you guys, I want to pursue the internal side. I don't want to pursue... You know, too much the everyday side, right? Of course, we'll begin. You know, as but as as during as we get into the seminar more, we'll discuss more of the gung fu stuff. Why the iron palm is used? Why the gung fu hands the are there? You know, talking about yeah, you know, that, that, that's the gung fu side of it. I like to discuss that. Very, very, okay. very little people go there. You know, they want to do the everyday thing, and it's boring. You
0: know? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I really
4: it's better and deeper.
0: Yeah, we don't want to be the everyday thing either. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah, Sir Plum Dragon.
0: That's besides right.
4: It, yeah, besides that, you're going to have more customers. I'm going to have my people calling you guys up for supplies. <laughs> well, thank you. that's right. Hang hey on, Alex. Yeah, we got a student uh,
5: from the Oakland JKD uh, slash uh, uh, Robles, Tommy Robles, Gun uh, Fu Academy out of, uh, of Antica. and um, yeah, a student, uh, she buys... Uh, herbs from you guys her name is Jermaine, uh, and uh she 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 ordered a lot of uh stuff from you guys and uh you know uh she's oh I could have got a discount if I would have said this I go oh, I don't know you can talk to them so you know but <laughs> she 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 really loves the she really loves the medicine hey. so oh you know.
0: great great yeah oh,
5: you. it's right. yours open it up oh thank you guys
0: okay yes
5: okay you got a knife what is in there <laughs> we need a knife though
0: I
3: need
5: a knife. I'm the ledger behind you. I'll you I'll shoot yeah, just guys, uh, send me, send me your, uh I'll, I'll give you uh, some of my CDs. Some of my CDs so you guys can hear it. Oh, so can,
0: that would be awesome.
5: So, you know, yeah. I won't do it with my teeth. I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
6: there we go. Actually, I live in Illinois right now, so I'm gonna start teaching out there. So if anybody is interested in Illinois, that lets you know. You can always refer to Felix because I want to start teaching out there. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've just never. I've always kept kept it to myself and quiet. You know,
0: okay. You know, so. Okay. That's great. I'm sure. Oh wow! You can have oh, t- a staying in the game stay in the game T-shirt like I have. that's. That is oh, a nice. This is a I
4: nice got shoe. mine. The bottles are beautiful. Oh like Josh. Wow, this is real Josh, nice. Do you get a? Do you
2: get beginning bags, intermediate bags, shop bags? Do you get that kind suit? of stuff? Yeah, I mean everything that I've ever used, like we've always made it from scratch. So like, yeah, I've never like bought like a wing lawn bag or anything like that. Oh, okay. Um, I oh, all um. of the bag, like, every single bag was sewed. sewed like by hand here here at the house, so. Okay,
4: yeah, I like, I like to use a suede leather.
2: Yeah, well, and you know, actually what we got into that I liked using is, I used to have this bag, it was like a foot, like a one foot by one foot wide bag, <laughs> and it was humongous, and it would get these like, as I would hit it, stuff would pack in a funny way, and I'd get these like flat areas on the bag, and so you know what I started doing, is all, we started making bags that were rectangular. And so it's like, I don't know what the measurements were. It was like a foot long or nine. and It was what? Oh, it was like the size of a cinder block, like without anything okay. in it. it was exactly the dimensions of the top, like of a cinder block. And those are the, like, I use those now. Like, that's all I use. It's, it's yeah. just like, I, use
4: the, I use the traditional, like, whatever, fit the whole hand, you know, nine by, nine by whatever. You Know the traditional uh suede that I use, and uh, I start my guys off, and they start off. I tell them about mug beans, but basically, honestly, we they start them off beans, peas, and rice in the bag, something right. soft, mm-hmm. and and they hit for comfort, a comfortable sting. Not a you know, they don't want to blast the hand, and, and you know, I'm talking about hurting. And right. then generally, we do it. Jimmy Lee's the Jimmy Lee version was break the brick in 100 days, that's what they used to call it. You know, yeah. so that's that's what there's a lot of exercises to go with it. The Qigong exercise, the, the jowl, you know, to get the hand warmed up. You got to right. have all that. People, a lot of people want to go after the callus, right? Yeah. That's no good. You can't, yeah. you going write or do whatever you got to
2: do, right? Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. You the flexibility. Right. I remember hitting on the open medium and the back of my hand it got so callous. Like it got so thick that like the hair wouldn't grow through on, on my hand. And like, it would, it was, it it was crazy. I don't know. I like the, that's, that's the thing though. I, you know, I don't, I don't hit the bag a lot anymore because I feel like, and I'm sure you, you can sympathize with this, you know, that at some point it's like, well, you know, it's all about the, the body movement. Right. And it's all about how you, how you generate and how you relax and all these other things. And, you know, people have heard me say, like, in some of the old video logs, like, I'll be in the Philippines training. And, like, I was at the height of my, like, iron palm conditioning. And I would just get... I remember training with some of the guys in the Philippines and they would rake my knuckles on every strike. And, like, there's no... There's no... the, The conditioning, like, for punching is great, but, like, it just only went so far. Like, I could never, ever... Get to a point where I wouldn't just get my hands just mashed up when we were like dealing with sticks and weapons and stuff, and and so like mm-hmm. I kind of turned around and I was like, okay, like conditioning is great and breaking blocks is great, and and, and using having that conditioning for the pu- punching is great, but like at some point I turned around and said like I, I'm now I'm not you know I'm not twenty anymore, like let's let's focus on the body movement and the relaxation and the timing so that I don't get hit like that in the first place. Yeah, well, so. see, yeah, you, you
4: learn. You learn
2: something. Like yeah, doing, exactly. Uh, you don't want to stand there
4: take a punch either. Yeah. No, you got an iron jaw or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> the whole point is, is if you got whatever you have, the iron hand or whatever, you got to move still. You know, mm-hmm. you're breakable regardless. Just with the iron palm, you can hit deeper, but you're not going to beat still, you know, or something heavy. Right. At a velocity. They're going to yes. snap your finger. So you have to move with, you got to move
2: with all that. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned like the, the people that come in the school and they just want to learn iron palm. And I think so many people, they, they hear these, you know, these stories about it and it's like, they're chasing the pearl, you know? And, and it's like, well, there's so much more to it. Right. Than like this hit, you know, like what, what's really the goal, right? Like, is the goal that you just want to like break a bunch of concrete or what's the reason? Is it like,
4: they want to do it because they want to do it. Then after they, But, you know, when you get to the iron palm and all the, you know, the internal stuff later, it's, that's when you're, when you're good. Right. You know, you have to become really good. You know, you know, you could do a lot of damage. You don't give it to somebody that has no knowledge of martial arts. It doesn't make any sense. You know? Right. Like, I've, like I said, I've been asked and I said, no, you know, you don't know martial arts. I ain't going to what, what give it to you for. You know, yeah. Same damn thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but uh this hear from Janelle a little bit. I'm waiting for her to learn. Oh She's
0: a little- <laughs> well, well, one part of Iron Palm that we don't want to keep under wraps just for martial artists is the D dot And so we were having you guys hold up what we sent to you and um and some of our base like you've got the whole family D dot That's for, yeah, general use pain, all kinds of nerve pain. I recently posted a video um, of the whole family. I put it on the back of my neck. I had really bad, really bad pinched nerve. And I put it on at night, and in the morning, it was like 100% better. And I really thought I was going to be needing work on that from like a chiropractor or somebody. Yeah. So. We can help educate anyone who's interested in the herbal component of iron palm. So again, I just want to welcome anyone who's interested to um, PlumDragonHerbs.com. And that will also give you a way to find out how you can connect with our guests today. So with that, I think we're going to wrap up and say goodbye to everyone. Alex, you had one more thing or...
5: Oh, thank you so very much, you guys. This is so beautiful and the herbs and everything. Oh, it is awesome. I like it a lot. Thank you so thank very you. much. Appreciate yeah. it. And we got a a message from from main Curtis saying that she, she wish you guys had these in small.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, All right. Yes, yeah. We I'm, I'm wearing a men's shirt. I think that they just come in men's sizes, but I'll pass the word up <laughs> to, our, yeah. Yeah, to our CEO, Lisa Ball.
4: You know, all right, cool. Well, let's talk about a seminar or even a possible, uh, some, maybe some online natural, uh, natural techniques, you know, to go along
3: yeah, with
0: Yeah, Yeah. And, will- and if you guys share them on your own, um, feed, we can share them and repost them as well. So okay. that's yeah, so something else best best to consider. To to and Josh, thank you. Thank you so much again for your time. Yeah, it's always yeah, great to have you.
2: Absolutely. It's good to see you. It's good to talk to you guys again. Um, you guys. Same here. Same here, you
0: guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Take Thank care. You. Enjoy. Guys.
2: Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: If you liked what you heard today, be sure to visit us at PlumDragonHerbs.com. We will post show notes and ways to connect with our guests. You can also help us share the tools of this Staying in the Game podcast with those you care about, by subscribing to our show and leaving us a comment wherever you like to listen until next time